0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the interviews we've recently done on JM and the AM, some of the guests that we've had in studio and over the telephone. Last week, we had a unique opportunity. We set up our mobile studio in the ninth-floor executive lounge at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem. The Inbal Hotel always serves as our headquarters in Israel. And it was at that ninth-floor mobile studio that we spoke with some of our friends from Ateret Kahnim. Our first interview with Daniel Luria, Executive Director and Spokesperson of Ateret Khanim. I remind you that Ateret Kahnim has a website, Jerusalemchai.org, Jerusalemchai.org. Also an email address, jeruchai at gmail.com, J-E-R-U-chai at gmail.com. And of course, their phone number in their main office at 212 216 Nine two seven zero two one two two one six nine two seven zero. My conversation with Daniel Luria, a Tarek Kohnim, that starts this week's edition of JM Rewind here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Well, one of our favorite heroes of Jerusalem and Israel is here visiting us in our mobile studio in Jerusalem, and that is Daniel Luria. Daniel Luria is the Executive Director and Spokesperson for our Teret Kohanim. He's been a guest of ours many times, and every time he joins us, there is something new to talk about in the holy city of Jerusalem. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for welcoming us here to Yerushalayim.
1: Shalom, shalom. Uh, we have our own JM. This is Jerusalem. This, uh, <laughs> That's the original Jerus- JM. the <laughs> Jerusalem JM. So, uh, we welcome you to uh, the heart of uh, Yerushalayim, the United uh, Yerushalayim Capital May I add? uh,
0: Recognized by anybody who counts uh, as capital of Israel. So it seems. By the way, um, a big fan of Jerusalem was here last week. What did you think of Vice President Pence's visit to Jerusalem?
1: Unbelievable. I mean, I've heard him before speak, so the concept of uh, Jerusalem for him and uh, the Jewish people returning home is a no-brainer. Right. Uh, the fact that uh, God's people have returned to the promised land and that our connection for three, four thousand years with Jerusalem is is part of who he is. But hearing him say it in the Knesset, whoosh, that was something. That was something. Even with a little bit of help from what I understand from Rabbi Sachs. So we've read, yeah. He speaks nicely also. Yeah. And uh, between the two of them, between his ideology and his words in the Knesset, the atmosphere. <laughs> Saying the emet is always nice to hear.
0: We were very proud that our very own Mayor Weingarten and other people actually took the statements that Vice President Pence uh, spoke at the Knesset and uh, attached the sources, the sources from Breshit and from Yishayahu and Yirmiyahu and Micha and all these different places to show us, look at this, everything he's saying from that
1: podium comes from Tanakh. What we have to... Now start hearing is our own leaders talking like that. I mean, Danny Danon uh, yeah. has uh, has been known to bring out the Tanach and the Nach and there stories, and quite there are some. We have to hear it more often because mm-hmm. when we say the Emet ourselves, that radiates to the whole world. When we show uncertainty, if we don't have that sense of conviction, understand the real reasons why we're here, it makes the job a lot harder. And it's nice to hear ever so often someone like him to say what he had to say. We'll say the same things, we'll keep on doing what we have to do and uh however obvious it is, it's always nice to hear. Well,
0: one of the great uh, one of the great Zionists in the world visited Israel <laughs> last indeed, week. indeed. And how ironic that he happens not to be Jewish, but boy does he appreciate Jerusalem and the Jewish people. Uh well we always talk about our karnim. we talk about the incredible uh, growth that you've had. Over the last, uh, I could say, 50 years at this point, because it all really did begin this new cycle during, right after the Six-Day War, very right? Very
1: close, yes. So some things happened then. Formally, the organization started actually coming to the 40th year anniversary. Right. Uh, the first family or yeshiva students moved into the very first building called Bet Aravim. a yep. um, Moroccan-owned building, Moroccan-Jewish-owned building uh, from the 1800s. And it was on the sixth night of Hanukkah, in 1978-79, so we're getting close to the 40-year anniversary since then. The facts on the ground, the revival of Jewish life, the uh, the reclamation of Yerushalayim has happened in force, initially just in the old city, as we know. There's now over a 1,000 Jewish residents right. in the old Jewish quarter. A lot of people don't even realize it's the old Jewish quarter, and I, and I have to reiterate that every time I speak, that the Muslim quarter of today... Was the main Jewish area with 21 synagogues and six centers of Jewish learning yeshivot, in what is today called the Muslim quarter that was decimated. And that's why I want to make sure that people understand when you say Jewish quarter or old
0: Jewish quarters, you just said you're no. not referring to what the one we refer to as no, the Jewish no, quarter. No, 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 no. You're referring to the, what
1: others refer to as the Muslim quarter. 100%. 100%. That area, the British are the ones who divide it up. If right. you and I were giving a radio interview in Turkish 130 odd years ago, I'd be welcoming you to Jerusalem, which was just the old city in those years. There was a Jewish majority. And the Muslim quarter of today was the main hub of Jewish activity. It was, I think, the students the Vilna Goan, there were 40 courtyards in the area between what is today called the Lion's Gate and the Flower's Gate. So there were 19,000 Jews out of 28,500 residents of the old city. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. And the fact that that went down to zero is a tragedy. And slowly but surely, we're righting a wrong, uh, call it historical justice, call it uh, moral justice, whatever you want to call it. But we are back home. Yes. Zion's dream unfolding, and over a thousand Jews there, and in many other important places in what we call the Holy Basin, which is the old city and the area just around the old city. Uh, whether it be the Yemenite village, the city of David in itself is a separate entity today, no longer mm-hmm. part of our territory uh, the Mount they've of, made nice progress as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I mean, uh, major consensus, huge tourism, archaeology, education. There's over 80 families living there also. It's over half, uh, or close to half uh, Jewish uh, in the original city of David. 420,000 people visited there last year. We've also got a neighborhood on the Mount of Olives. You don't have to get to the Mount of Olives just to be buried. Thank God there are Jews living on Harazitim today. And, of course, in Kidmatsion, which we call the last frontier, if I call Malay Tim the jewel in the crown of our work, I think that the uh, Kidmatzion project, where there's eight families, where there's going to be close to 300 residential units, that is the uh, the ultimate frontier. It's uh, right opposite Abu Dis, uh, the edge of Jerusalem, uh, three, four minutes uh, drive from the old city, but the most strategic, symbolic, and important neighborhood that's going to be built probably since 1967.
0: And if one would look at a map... They would see that the areas you're describing strategically and politically, maybe that's the wrong word, are extremely important. I mean, we're talking about a Jewish presence in an area that, number one, has not had in a long time, and number two, if there's going to be a a great, even further expansion of Jewish life in Jerusalem, those areas are very important.
1: Correct. I mean, th- this area that we're mentioning is what's called, I said, the Holy Basin, but it's also the corridor. Right. Now, of course, we don't do things in order to stop God forbid the peace process. We want peace probably more than anyone else in, in the fact, world.
0: In fact, if the other side, quote-unquote, offered peace today, at a moment's notice, you'd say, of course. hundred percent. We want it right
1: now. But peace doesn't have to be uh, at achieved price. at a price of handing away your homeland, your family, your heritage, your history, especially to a, a nation that has never really existed. So this corridor is really vital uh to the whole story. Right. I mean the Arabs realize today uh and in every offer that was made by um, slightly um misguided left wing leaders here um, they Some ha- didn't even describe themselves
0: as left-wing leaders at so, the time, but okay. That's also true. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they um, they were only talking about one small part of East Jerusalem, I mean, most of East Jerusalem is finished. Right. It's already in Jewish hands, it can't be divided, no one's even talking in terms of getting the Jews out of Ramat Eshkol and French Hill and Ramot. That's not happening. The only part that the Arabs really want, which happens to be the most important area for Am Yisrael, is the Holy Basin. That's right. the old city, the area around, the Harazetim, um, going all the way out to close to Abu that little corridor is what it's all about. But that happens to be for us. There is nothing more important for Israel than that area. Kings, prophets, our history, our heritage, Double our number roots number. there. It all started there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we speak about uh, Penson uh, <laughs> uh, recently, history. about his announcements and announcements from Trump. Uh, I'd like actually to go back, if I have a, uh, half a second, sure. to a more famous resolution. Uh, I call that the Resolution 2560. UNESCO doesn't understand it, neither is the United Nations, but when King Cyrus and Darius made the declaration that the Jews can go back and build its homeland and rebuild Jerusalem, the temple, now that's a resolution that's worthwhile. That did predate Pensa. Unbelievable. (laughs) Uh, In fact, last night, I was taken again to the uh, Pasuk in the book of Ezra. I have to tell your listeners... This is not the call of Aterat Kornim, although it happens to be a nice call. The call of the, the Viib. <laughs> but this, what King Darius says, he says as follows: and I more or less remember off my heart. Sure. I hereby declare. Now he's talking to the Jews of Persia who did not go back to rebuild uh, Jerusalem, and the temple. He says, I hereby declare that all you people must help the diligent builders of Jerusalem with wheat and cotton and gold and and marble and uh, silver.
2: What and all
1: the king's good, and whoever does not listen to this decree, may the beams from his house fall; may he be fastened to a beam in the house, and may his house become refuse. That's the king of Persia calling for the Jews of the world at a time to help the diligent builders of Jerusalem for the sake of Yerushalayim, and woe behind if someone doesn't. Something phenomenal, amazing decrees from that time. But we're uh, coming up to Purim, I always like remembering uh, that period in time where. Uh, the non-Jewish world recognized, right. totally recognized, our bond and our connection to Jerusalem. And it seems we have a taste of it these days—a little bit of a taste. Yeah, a little bit. A little Daniel little. Luria is here,
0: executive director and spokesperson for the Farrakhan. And you'll recall, back in 2014, uh, we took a little tour of the Yemenite village. It was—it oh, was a, beautiful. it was quite an experience, to say the least. We met families that you would call heroic—that we certainly would refer to as heroic. You've met many heroic families in your work. Um, it, I, I mentioned at the beginning of this conversation uh, uh, here at this show that there always seems to be something new. You guys are never resting on your laurels. You are always building and expanding. What are some of the things that are being completed now in the Yemenite village and why are they so important?
1: Well, first of all, I, I have to reiterate what you said. These people living there, like I'm no hero. I'm, I'm just basically a small cog in a wheel of a very important organization. But the true heroes, the pioneers, the people at the forefront are the families and children who are literally living in some of these areas. Now, most of the areas it's fine and we take tours to all these areas, but there's one or two areas and some buildings in, for example, the Yemenite village that are under attack basically on a daily basis. Now, those people, their misiris nefesh, their conviction, their strength, the, the reason they understand why they're there, for those people they take another level altogether what is the pioneering spirit. Yep. Uh, and for them, you know, I think the world, we talk about that means that when a person is walking the path, walking a park with his friends, with his kids in the middle of New York, I'm also walking with him. But Kol also means that when our families are being attacked, then so too is that Jew in New York and New Jersey. That it's like he himself is being attacked. That's how he has to feel it. That's the concept of Kol Yeah,
0: we talk about the collective Jewish pain that's felt when that happens, and, and, that, right?
1: and that has to be. I mean, right. uh, unfortunately, since uh, the declaration of Trump, uh, some of our homes and families have been the easiest targets for the uh, some Arabs, not all, to vent their anger. And there's no shortage of incitement and hatred and violence and just just in the last three weeks, for example, 34 actual recorded attacks on one particular building. On one building, Bet or Vajra, 34 times. It's Molotov cocktails, a concrete box, a stone attack. Thank God no one was injured. There was a certain amount of property damage. But the the beautiful part about that is that not one family even thinks of moving. Right. Not one kid starts <laughs> to cry. It gives them more strength. No, no. It. They realize one thing. You throw a stone. We'll collect those stones and build another house. You try to drive us out, we will add. In fact, since 2014, we walked around. At that time, we had nine families. In the last year and a half, we've gone from nine to twenty-two families in the Yemenite village, and the whole of the original Yemenite Beis <laughs> is back in Jewish hands.
0: I remember seeing it at that point. Nahum,
1: you, you saw the, the, at that point, you saw one disarray, third. It was one right? one little section of it. Since then, the they supreme- had like
0: opened up a room. I remember. Okay, nahan. Right.
1: So since then, two thirds of the whole synagogue is now back in Jewish hands.
0: Unbelievable, and seventy children counted among all those families. We At least.
1: We don't count. Right,
0: but you know, I'm trying to give a perspective We here. don't count.
1: Uh, we count. We say v'khen yirbu, whether they be the Yemenite main. or not Yemenite. In fact... If not mistaken, the last child born was number 69, to be honest. <laughs> it, was Milai, it was a Brit Millai, was Yemenite. Uh, the Tanami family just had their fifth child. All five have been born in Kfar Temanim, the original Yemenite village. He lives in a lone building, the very first building acquired because of some uh, very special Canadians uh, who helped uh, buy the first building to bring Jewish life back there, and they've been living there now for 14 years.
0: All right, let's do two things, uh, because we have an opportunity to speak further this week, which we're, again, looking forward to. As you can imagine, Daniel Luria is with us, executive director and spokesperson for our Tarat number one, and this is one of the things we saw years ago. Uh, the children, uh, and one can surmise from the way you described it, are in a pretty cooped-up situation. The children are not exactly, you know, running out to go to school and then ro- roaming the streets themselves in order to get anywhere. They are packed into security vans, and right. and you know, and, and the, the military, the, the IDF, is taking care of them, or the police are taking care of them. Um, so, one of the most important things was to find and to, and to continue to build places for the children to play and to roam. Uh, to that end, what has happened? Right, in well, village. both
1: inside the old city and around in the places like the Yemenite village and the Mount of Olives and Kidmatzion, uh, Teret Kunim takes on. The building of rooftop playgrounds, we call some of them country clubs, uh, but a playground on the rooftop, Uh, we have play centers, we have nurseries, and uh, I I can't hold anything back. I mean, Nachum, I'm here for a number of reasons. I love you, I love speaking, (laughs) but I want your listeners to be involved. It's not enough just to sing L'shanah Babi Yushalayim. I need people that will help me build those playgrounds on the rooftops. just you'll, like You'll even
0: escort them to dedicate the playgrounds.
1: I will, 100%. Whatever plaque you want, it that. can be there. But uh, <laughs> more important is for our kids to have somewhere to go, have somewhere to play. Unfortunately, our playgrounds have to have uh, special pergolas uh, protecting them because of right. stones that come over the top. Treats it also that they can't be burnt. Uh, they can't be cooped up in their apartments and their compounds, and then we have, therefore, play centers. Every day, different age groups, though, they come in. We've even got uh, a project. This is one of the sadder projects, but um, some of our kids have been, have been traumatized in the years gone by, not many, and they've not been able to be in the regular schooling system. Wow. And unfortunately, they fall a little bit between the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the couches and the, uh, the pillows. hmm and basically, we have to give them a different uh, misger, a different framework in order for them to keep them off the streets. And uh, it's a whole different ball game. I so there's no of right? things to be done for children, but it takes uh, people from around the world to step up to the plate.
0: And I hope people will. Atarat Kornim, um, I mean, they could do it through the web. They could do it uh, by contacting you. They could do it by contacting us, frankly, um, as we continue to uh, highlight the amazing work of Atarat And finally, for this segment... Um, The playgrounds, and so in other areas, need security cameras, obviously. They need to be monitored. They need to, with 35 incidents in three weeks, or whatever the number was exactly that you mentioned, I mean, we're talking about a very precarious situation for these families. So that's another way that people around the world can get involved.
1: Definitely. I mean, not all of it is on our shoulders. Uh, Some of it the government does look after. Uh, But because the police have asked us in the last few months to actually add security cameras to our own rooftops, they were connected to their system. Um, there is a lot that we have to do even in that field. Security booths, security cameras, uh, special windows, special pergolas over playgrounds. There's no shortage of security needs uh, in addition to the uh, children's projects that, that, that we have. Obviously, the renovation projects and the whole different ball game that obviously doesn't right. even go through the American office. But for those who want to be involved in any type of acquisitions and investments, which is a whole different ball game, that's directly only with the office in uh, in Israel. That's uh, directly with me at dljerusalem at uh, gmail.com. Um, but the, D-L-Jerusalem
0: at gmail.com. Pretty simple.
1: Daniel Luria, dljerusalem. If you don't know how to spell Jerusalem, then you're in trouble.
0: <laughs> at gmail.com. And Daniel will be more than happy to speak to you about the about what goes on in order for people here in Israel to legally acquire uh, properties. Those who are outside of Israel who want to help in that effort, who want to finance efforts like that, be in touch with Daniel directly. And we continue to... In, to um, I recommend to people to do just that. All right, that's it for this segment. We'll speak more this week, and I thank you very, very much. One of the uh, great people we get to visit with when we're in Jerusalem is Daniel Luria, Executive Director and Spokesperson for Aterat Ka'anim. That was my first conversation last week with Daniel Luria, Executive Director of Ateret Ka'anim. I remind you, there is an email address, jeruchai, J-E-R-U-chai, at gmail.com, a website, JerusalemClyde and a phone number. We can get more information about a turret call name at 212 216 9270. One of the highlights of our trip to Israel was a conversation I had with Nira Rabinowitz. Nira Rabinowitz is one of the moms, one of the mothers who lives with her family in the Yemenite village. Uh, they are brave, they are courageous, they are pioneers. Uh, and she represents just one of many families that have taken it upon themselves to make sure the Yemenite village has a Jewish presence, and that Jewish presence is expanding. Nira Rabinowitz from our ninth floor at the Inbal Hotel Executive Lounge Mobile Studio here on JM Rewind at the nahum Segal Network. Well, um, you may recall yesterday when we spoke with Daniel Luria from Ateret Kornim that uh, he mentioned uh, Nira Rabinovich. Uh, If he didn't mention her on the air, then he mentioned her to us off the air. And uh, uh, Nira has been living in the Yemenite village since the beginning of the project, since the beginning of the uh, Jewish presence in the Yemenite village. And we conjectured, we thought, that we in fact had met Nira back in 2014 when we visited. And sure enough, she now has confirmed for us as we introduce her on the show, that it was us <laughs> who visited her home uh, almost four years ago and had an incredible visit. Sanira Rabanovich, welcome to JM in the AM.
2: Thank you. A Thank pleasure you so
0: to have much. you here to speak with you. A little bit of a different atmosphere here than in the Emonite Village, huh?
2: Yes, yeah, certainly.
0: When we first met you, if I'm not mistaken, and I hope I recall this correctly, I think you had two small children. Does that make sense?
2: Four years ago? Yeah. Does that make sense? I had four.
0: Already four, okay. (laughs) So two really made an impression on me. I can tell you that much. I'm sure the other two did as well. How is the family doing?
2: How is our family doing? We're doing very, very well, Baruch Hashem. Since you came four years ago, many things have changed at the Yemenized village. Baruch Hashem, thanks to Ataret Kohanim and good people that helped them. In the past two years, Ataret Kohanim has actually rebuilt Three new houses at the Yemenites village. Wow. Which means in numbers that from nine families, we are now 21 families. Right. And the best is yet to come, as we know. Uh, I want to tell you that along the years, we always knew that the Beit Knesset, the old Yemenite shul, was once there. And we always knew that now Arab family lives there, very hostile, right. Palestinian Arab family right. that doesn't want to go anywhere. And for us, that was a sign. That was our, like, golden way, was to go to the old Yemenites, Beth Neset, and to pray in it again. But it was a far, far away dream for all of us. You
0: didn't think it would ever happen.
2: We believed right. it would happen, but it didn't look so real. Right. To, almost two years ago, Atarat Kwanim has managed to persuade the State of Israel and the police to operate a court order that was already existing for a few years, but to to get it operated and to evacuate the illegal Arab family that lived at the Old Beit Knesset, it happened just as it should happen with a shul. And wh- I'll tell you what I mean. Usually, when a third Conning goes into new houses yeah. that they buy from Arabs, mm-hmm. they have to do it very late at night. It's a complicated operation, a bit dangerous. Very secretive. Very secretive. They do it very quietly, very quickly, and they enter the house. And then the mess usually starts. With the Beit Knesset at the Yemenite village, it was a completely different story. Because I think that it's like a message from God that with the Beit Knesset, it should be at daytime. And that's what happened. 10 o'clock in the morning. Publicly. The police of the state of Israel, came along with a court order and said, that is a Jewish house. That was once a Jewish synagogue. This family is illegal. They didn't buy the house. It doesn't belong to them. They went out, and all the men of the Yemenites' village and the people of Ataret Koranim took the Sifrei Torah, from where we used to pray in Beit Yonatan named after Jonathan Pollard
0: right I remember the Beit Yonatan
2: we're waiting for him to come
0: right Bezrat Hashem one Bez day Bezrat Hashem we believe soon it will enough, happen soon enough I hope I hope
2: we all do yeah all the men took the Sifrei Torah from Beit Jonathan and went along the street from Beit Yonatan to the honey house where the old Beth Knesset is and brought the Sifrei Torah back home back where they belong and I saw it from the window of my house, and I started crying because, you for those, know... For
0: those of us who've been to a Hachnasat Sefer Torah, we've never been to one like that. <laughs> That's for sure. It, it must have been amazing.
2: It was spectacular. I can't even describe the feelings of seeing the Sifrei Torah going back to where you know that less than 100 years ago, yeah. the Yemenites lived there, and I want to correct you. Because when you introduced me, you said that I lived there from the very beginning. Right. (laughs) I want to correct something. I thought I said the The beginning of this project. (laughs) The very beginning of the project was 1882, when the Yemenites came to Israel and insisted to live in Jerusalem. And Harav Ze'ev Dov Rumkin from Chabad bought these lands for them. That is where it started. And unfortunately, until the state of Israel was built, and until Jerusalem was rebuilt, and until a Tzurit Khanim has arisen, took again place on this land, there were no Jewish people living there. Well, you're there, but we the- are con- continuing, and we feel like we're continuing something that started a long, long time ago. We are just having the privilege of continuing something that has already started. Oh, I
0: understand that. I was just making the point that you're there to the beginning <laughs> of the entire recorded part of the project, but we understand exactly what you mean. Nira Rabinovich is here. Now, I, 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 one of the things we were amazed about, we took the same route to get to the Ammonite village that your children, forget about yourselves, you also have to do this, but just for a moment, that your young children had to do every single time they wanted to get in and out, which was basically be in a secure, armored carrier with military personnel right that's how it works
2: how How old
0: is your oldest child now
2: my eldest daughter is almost 12 now
0: okay if i had if i had a conversation with her here what would she tell me about that experience about having to do that every single day when so many kids in israel you know have it very differently and don't need to go through that whole system and procedure to get in and out of their home each time
2: look our children understand that they live in a not normal reality but they also understand that in order to do big things, you need to live not normal life. It's difficult. If my daughter was here and she had a big mouth and she's <laughs> almost 12, she's saying exactly what she feels, she'll say it's difficult. But who said the difficult is bad? And that's that's what we say at home. Right. We choose. We were chosen to that mission. And we choose every day to stay in that mission and to do it the best way we can. So that every day is very demanding is very complicated sometimes it has high prices but eventually we all live our narrative story and we all tell ourselves and our children the story we want to hear and I want to tell you that our story is not only the narrative story it's the truth we do big things there and we're willing to pay the price right. and so does our children how, we do, how do we raise them normally happily First of all, they know that they're part of a big thing that's happening. All their friends live in all sorts of complicated persons, The Muslim quarter, all the all the places. right places. Their
0: colleagues are also so, in challenging situations. Exactly. <laughs>
2: so they are the heroes of school and all the classroom because the Yemeni's village is like the tiptoe of... That's A1, huh? <laughs> yeah. Of the mission. And... I think that they're proud of themselves, and sometimes it's difficult, and they're allowed to talk about it at home and to say that it's difficult, and sometimes it's frightening, but we keep on mentioning and reminding them that now we have a state of our own, and we have police guards and officers that take care of us and protect us it's not like in the past that the Yemenites were attacked and there was no one there they to were protect defenseless them. Right? we are defensible and they feel it and they see that, is, that the state of Israel is with us hand by hand they feel it and I think that that was giving all, all of us the strength to know that we are, we are not there just for ourselves with like a peculiar ideas that someone thought of right. we are a part of the interest of the state of Israel of building Jerusalem, of you're, keeping it complete.
0: You're in a different home now than when we f- first saw you years ago, right? Yes. And that means you moved how far? Like where, where, where is this building compared to the old one?
2: Five minutes walk.
0: A five minute walk.
2: Five minutes walk.
0: And that building was not around or was not part of the uh, of the project back then?
2: Back then it wasn't.
0: Right. But so I you're perfect now- evidence of a building that with the support of people around the world, became a piece to this whole operation.
2: For us, we lived there for 10 years.
0: In the first one.
2: In the first one, knowing that once it will be a bigger neighborhood. But we were there, nine families, for many, many years. And all the good people around us saying, it ain't going to work. It ain't going nowhere. You'll stay there forever and ever. Just nine families. But we knew that it's going to happen one day. And I w- can I just de- describe the Please. night Please. in which a Teetconani bought the two new houses?: Sure. It was almost three years ago. Just one evening, my husband's coming home, changing into a black shirt that's like, "I know that he's going to do some mission of a <laughs> koanim entering one of the houses. I have no idea if it's going to be the Muslim quarter or the Christian. Where's he Where going? He said nothing. But I saw on his face that something is different and I I told him, what's different? And he didn't answer. That moment I knew that it must be very, very close. If he's not answering and he's like all stiff and prepared, took a bag, took a few things inside and he just hinted, you can bake a cake. And for us baking a cake, it means that I am baking it for somebody who is near enough to eat it. That was when the excitement started just hinting into our houses. I saw him going downstairs and a few more neighbors, men neighbors, going downstairs, all wearing black shirts, all going out the outside, and we were not allowed to speak. He said, don't speak to anyone. So each one of us, the women, we were sitting down, and it's 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. You're waiting for something to happen, to hear and I was stressful because my husband just went away. He took a hammer in one pocket and he's wearing a gun. And I had no idea where he's going and how is it going to turn out and where, where. So what do I do? I just started saying Tehillim. Saying Tehillim for an hour and nothing happened. Started freaking out. <laughs> went into the kitchen, went, baked one cake Two cakes. Five cakes. (laughs) Okay. You took them seriously. (laughs) Okay. Ran out of flowers. Started cleaning up the house. And I look outside and I see the lights are on in all my neighbors' houses. And we're not talking to one each other. Just with one neighbor from the honey house, I was just writing to her at one o'clock at night. Are you awake? So she answered me. Yes, are you? So I wrote, yes. That was was it. Just knowing something that's happening. About half past two, three o'clock, my husband's sending a message. We're in. And I'm waiting. And I'm writing to him, where, where, where? where? And he's, he's writing to me very nearby. At that moment, I understood that there's something new at the Yemenite village. And I wrote him a new house. And he wrote, he's writing to me, two. I didn't know what to do with myself. I just opened the door. And I started calling, Yael, Yael, to the neighbor upstairs. And, I re- and I'm hearing Adas coming from the na- the neighbor from downstairs coming up and down the, the stairs of Beit Yonatan. You saw it's a big building. And we were just starting singing and screaming and not knowing what to do. My daughter woke up 3 o'clock in the morning. Mommy, why are you dancing with the neighbors in the middle of this stairhouse?" And I told her, there are new houses. And she said, really? Okay. And went back to sleep. I think it was like a dream for her. Right. And, we, and the excitement. And we were crying. And singing, and for the first time in my life, I understood what the meaning of the words "Hayinu kecholmim." We were as, as dreamers. That has how changed so, reality. As you move in? we didn't move into one of these houses. Other neighbors did. We went to Beit Rachel. After about a year, after going to these two new houses, and we started being able to walk outside. Until then, it was only the armed vehicle. Right. Now we can walk. Now with, you can walk. With two guards.
0: Strength in numbers, huh?
2: And with Mishmar HaGvul, with right. the soldiers with us. But we can walk.
0: Well, your kids must be a lot happier.
2: We are all a lot happier. Yeah. I could I'm never sure. imagine that it would be so easy for me to go up and down 90 stairs every day. Just for yeah. being able to walk in the streets of Jerusalem and not needing an, only an armed car. Right. We still need it, but not only. After that was the synagogue at daylight. After that was Beit Rachel, where we are living now. And we really do believe that the Yemenite village will continue to becoming a big, striving, beautiful neighborhood, just as it was when the Yemenites were were there. Because of people like you. Because of people. Look, I want to tell you something. I believe that Hashem is placing each one of them, each one of us, exactly where we should be. I'm here. You're there. Each one of the people who are listening to us now, is placed where he should be for Am Israel. They're just asking one thing. Be with us. Pray for Jerusalem. Pray for our success. Come to visit us. When you come to Israel, pick up the phone to Ataret Korani. Daniel Lure will be more than happy to host you. Come to my living room. I promise you. Like we did. I promise (laughs) you. A baked cake, a <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> One of five cakes. And, and lots, lots of love to Jerusalem. You can all help. Be with us. That's my request.
0: <laughs> Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for coming over. A I'm very happy. inspiring presentation. It's I'm wonderful. I'm happy to come. Wonderful to reunite with you. That was my conversation with Nira Rabinowitz. Again, a reminder jerusalemchai.org, the website for our tarot Also, the email, jeruchai at gmail.com. jeruchai at gmail.com. And, of course, the phone number, 212-216-9270. We had a follow-up conversation with Daniel Luria. He's executive director and spokesperson for Atarat Kohanim. Here was my conversation toward the end of last week with him on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. We are in Israel. We are... uh, in the midst of our kosher halftime show, fifth annual presentation, actually recording it. The actual presentation will be made available on Sunday in the middle of the big game between Philadelphia and New England. But we decided this year for the fifth annual kosher halftime show to actually record it in Israel. And we thank Ohad and Mayor Kane and a lot of other people we have to thank. And we will do that later on this hour here at JM in the AM. Well, one of our special guests who's been doing a... Uh, a uh, a two and some would say at this point three part series with the interview we had yesterday with Nira, uh, with us this week is a uh, Daniel Luria. Daniel Luria is executive director and spokesperson for Ataret Kohenim. Bokertov. Tov. great to have you here in our mobile studio at the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem, and to see you again uh, multiple times this week, which is wonderful. Um, by the way, Daniel is going to be in the United States. As he says it, he will be uh, visiting the U.S. for the first time since the declaration by the President of the United States that Jerusalem is, according to U.S. policy now, the capital of Israel. Right? This was The, the Vice President uh, came to Jerusalem the, for the first um, public speech by a United States administration member after the declaration by President Trump. Now you're visiting the United States Correct. for your first public statements there since the President I'm Trump think- declaration. I'm thinking
1: of saying Shekhyano when I speak for the first time in Kew Gardens Hills. Will the Young you say Israel. it
0: and pronounce it the way the Vice President yeah. did?
1: Well, I think I'll have slightly better <laughs> intonation. <laughs> better it's, diction. Uh, huh? Slightly, slightly better. Yeah. That
0: happens the Shabbos of February the 17th at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills with a big shout out to Rabbi Schoenfeld. Again, that's the weekend, the Shabbos of February the 17th the young of Kew Garden Sills, a wonderful ...opportunity to see and speak with Daniel Luria.
1: I'll also be in Elizabeth that same week and also in Woodmere uh, before right. I go to Florida. I'll be in uh, Hollywood oh, so it is a and but It's a whole tour. So get
0: us all the dates and we will, as we, when we yeah. get back we'll remind everybody about it. Are you kidding? God willing. Get God us willing. all the dates. Let us know where people can expect you. And as you just mentioned, New Jersey and Queens and the five towns and Florida are among the places that should expect to see you and to hear you as you continue to discuss the battle for Jerusalem... And that will also afford people, aside from being in touch with you by email and the website, etc., also afford an opportunity for people to find out that they can get involved, how they could actually help finance the projects that you work on constantly, whether it's the purchase of uh, different land and uh, buildings, whether it's the um, rooftop playgrounds, playgrounds whether it's security the center, cameras. It's yep. there's plenty of things for people in Chutzlar, it's any involvement, for any people involvement. in the diaspora to the do. Whole- to help out. Uh, So we mentioned earlier in the week, and and we had a good time actually speaking about Vice President Pence and his speech at the uh, Knesset. Uh, I mean, what did you think of uh, President Trump and his speech when he insisted toward the end of 2017 that, in fact, according now to U.S. policy led by him, Jerusalem is now the capital of Israel?
1: Listen, it's it's the obvious. It's stating the obvious that I think he has known for a long time. He's now got the opportunity to actually to say the truth. I mean, there's no use playing games anymore and beating around the bush. He sees it the way it is. He may not be your your everyday regular politician, the people. He's a he's he shoots from the hip. He sees it the way it is. He speaks the M.E.T. in many ways, um, in his own fashion. Unique fashion. In his own unique fashion. Uh, but he sees it and he calls it the way it is. I mean, one really has to be blind or a fool not to recognize, uh, you know, our connection, our 4,000-year-old connection to, uh, to the land of Israel, to Jerusalem. Uh, there's a certain amount, I'm not sure how much of it is arrogance or anti-Semitism. Um, to some, for someone like UNESCO, a nation uh. to say... That we don't have this bond, we don't have no rights, we don't have this connection, is is more than just foolish. I, I'm not sure what it is. Is it straight ignorance? Is it uh, is it anti-Semitism? I and mean, I've renamed anyway UNESCO. I mean, UNESCO, what's
0: their new name according to you?
1: UNESCO. Well, it's obvious. I mean, it's it's a useless, naive, <laughs> empty, senseless, corrupt organization. I mean, that I thought everyone understood. But uh, don't hold
0: back, Daniel. Tell us what you really think about it. No, I, I'm, I'm very sort of uh, subtle. I'm
1: very subtle. I don't like you know... Sp- like Trump, I don't beat around the bush. Right, I mean, I say it the way it is, but I mean...
0: Uh, Unfortunately, you're accurate.
1: This is true. Listen, yep. I mean, <laughs> Abraham was here. We've got the forefathers. King David, 3,000 years ago. You want to deny the whole of history. I mean, there's a certain... To a certain point, you can say, no, this didn't happen... There's a certain truth that has to be screened from the rooftops, and the world will understand. For too long, we haven't been saying the truth from the rooftops. We've been too apologetic. I call it the shtetl mentality. Right. Nothing wrong with the shtetl. My right. family was in the shtetl, but at some, some point... Some might
0: say galut mentality. Okay, but right? you have to get out of that right. at some
1: point. We're no longer a star, with all due respects, on the American flag. We have our own star, and we have to say the truth. I mean, it, with all due respects, I am mean, Arafat and I've got many to say about Arafat Yamach but nevertheless... Nevertheless, there's one thing to his credit, he stuck to his guns. Yeah. He was had strength and conviction and didn't move one century. That was ultimately his downfall. But he had strength and convictions. The only people that have compromised and have said, sorry, you know, maybe let's back off, let's give away, let's compromise, let's hand away our homeland, let's slap God in the face, is us. We have to once and for all say, Ad Khan, it's not happening. Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. We're the only, we're the indigenous people of this land. I am sick and tired of hearing the Palestinians, these Arabs are screaming out that this is their land. They're the indigenous people. Where? Whoever heard of the Palestinians for heaven's sake? The only Palestine that I know that the world recognized in July of nineteen twenty two at San Remo was the Jewish people. Right. Because we the are the original individual. Palestinians. <laughs> we are. And that's why they declared that the Jewish homeland equals Palestine. In fact then it was already the whole of Israel and the whole of Jordan. As it is we've lost two thirds of the land of Israel. And now they want to start carving out up even for the arrogance, the chutzpah. It's not gonna happen. Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. Mind you, we can't just say it. It has to be actions on the ground, and that's where we step in.
0: Right. Daniel Luria is here talking about the uh, declaration by President Trump and the visit of Vice President Pence and his feelings about UNESCO. You could be in touch with Daniel Luria, dljerusalem at gmail.com, dljerusalem at gmail.com. A reminder, he will be in the United States um, for appearances in places like uh, Queens, at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, the Five Towns. Florida, Elizabeth, New Jersey, and we'll give you the entire schedule once it's made completely known to us so we can keep you up to date on his activities in February in the U.S. And that will be his first appearance publicly in the U.S. since the declaration by President Trump uh, stating or restating. The obvious, I say restating because he alluded to this a lot during the campaign, Mm -hmm. did promise that he would move the embassy, did promise he'd recognize Jerusalem, and look what actually happened. He was the first of all these U.S. presidents to actually do it.
1: And I think it'll be a snowball effect. I think, uh, listen, I don't know the future. The people who know the future are fools and prophets. I'm neither. But uh, if I was to hazard a guess, I would say that I think others will follow the cue uh, when they see it actually happening. Well, and uh, I think it's a signing of the good times it's uh, it's furthering of the redemption process when the world properly recognises our role, our position uh, then we can also be a true light to the nations uh, but first and foremost it has to be and everything centres around Jerusalem uh, the whole peace process, everything centres around Jerusalem and that's why our work is so vital having this Jewish life I keep on saying it's not enough just to pray and to sing for Jerusalem you want to do something, then do something. Help add Jewish life. If God is sending an Arab to sell, I'm going to tell him to go home when not interested. Even on Shabbos I can tell him, I'll make a deal with you and get, the, get an Arab to sign on the dotted line. So even At Khatekah, the Raboni knew how important it was to redeem every single centimetre of this land. Lababa Shreva spoke about not win one inch. He was actually one of the first people to give a bracha to Matidan, the founder of right. uh amazing bracha where he talks about the old city being like the Torah bichtav, uh, the written law and the and the area around like the Torah Belpair and every letter, every house is important. A very special bracha. So uh, the world has we have to internalize that, the Jewish world I mean and that uh, you know, like I daven three times a day you know, I'll say the prayers for Yerushalayim and I'll sing the Shana Bab Yerushalayim I happen to be one of the lucky ones to be involved in an organization that is bringing Jewish life back but for those that are living overseas unfortunately, temporarily whatever you want to call it you can still be involved be involved at a Tachlis level it's not enough to sing and dance and, and daven for Yerushalayim at a playground at a security camera renovate at a house Maybe, if you're able to, then even buy a place. People are buying all over the world. Invest here. I call it Yerushalayim. You know, even Yerushalayim Shalmala. We've got this project. It started 15 years ago. It hasn't really been taken off, but it's a project that exists there on the books. Yerushalayim Shalmala. Think of Yerushalayim even from the heavens. I wish all your listeners to live till 120. But think of Yerushalayim as a kid. Leave a legacy. Something. Think of us as one of the children. Build shalim even from uh, from the heavens. It can be done. But you have to think of shalim in a practical sense. Own your dulet amos. Own your wall. Add some yeshiva students. Add a kollel. Add a playground, a nursery. Something. Think of us in a true sense as your yerushalayim. When you do that, then we're going to be okay. Has to be this this internalizing. I think I mentioned a few days ago this kol yisrael, ravim bazeh, to truly feel it, not just pay lip service. It's not enough.
0: Unbelievable. What an incredible passion and wonderful words. Daniel Luria is here. So you basically answered my question because I was going to ask you how practically people in Chutzlaritz can do what you're recommending, those who actually want to invest, those who actually want to give the funds to the organization so that the purchases that you just described can be made and of course the security cameras, rooftop playgrounds and other projects that you lead can be uh, can be put into place. Uh, what you just said is essentially the answer and that is just simply take on whatever project you wish and finance it. Simple
1: as Make own. a phone call, email, of course some things obviously can't go through the American right. office. We're talking for your listeners, anything to do with investments and acquisitions does not go through the American office right. whatsoever. It's separate from that. That's Directly with Israel, it's not so straightforward because of the uh, disgraceful, unethical, immoral uh, fatwa, the edict that says an Arab is killed if he sells to a Jew. Can you imagine if he sold right. to a Puerto Rican or a black person in, in America that should be killed? It wouldn't last 24 hours. An hour wouldn't last. But uh, an Arab can be killed, uh, not only that. If but he a, sells to a Jew, if he sells to a Jew, and a middleman. A few years ago, they said that even middlemen can be tortured. It's just abnormal what said. So therefore, we have to work very carefully. It's not straightforward, but a lot can be done. But there does is,
0: the work continue at a good pace, 100%. even with all those regulations 100%, that they have?
1: Hundred yeah, percent. I'm not saying it's easy. It's not right. like walking into Remax but or some other real done. estate agent. It happens. It takes time. You have to have to be very careful, and we are today. The issue is Jewish money. Right. Could you believe the fact that in I've been with the organization now for nearly 18 years? S- as far as I know, for 18 years, high years, oh, I must remember that it's the high year of uh, my being with At-Tayat Konim. That the issue has always been one of Jewish money. There's no shortage of Arabs ready to sell, no shortage of families ready to move in. It's Jewish money. That's a disgrace. We should have a multi-million dollar fund. I can't. I honestly cannot handle when I see these massive Jewish centers being built up around the world, synagogues being built up around the world, and I've got a synagogue lying in, 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 in garbage. You wouldn't put a dead horse there in the Yemenite village. Why aren't people knocking at my door? I have three, four million dollars to rebuild the knesset in the Yemenite village. Why? What is wrong? What is right? Am I not giving the message correctly? Are you not reaching all the listeners? I don't know. But it can be done. It means people taking on projects like restoring the Beaconesset. It means taking on and building that playground and subsidizing the nursery and the youth activities. For those that are able, not everyone is able to acquire acquire, it's yours, it's not a donation it's in your name you won't become rich from the rent that's for sure (laughs) 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 but it is It is rent Uh, whatever it is, five, six dollars a square meter but that's not the point Maybe in five, ten years' time, it will be worth an absolute fortune. But no one's coming in for that. If you want to make money, don't think of this. You're doing this because it's an ideological investment, because you believe that the Yerushalayim belongs to us, and you believe that one day it will be... You know what? We're actually gentrifying neighborhoods. We're fixing up neighborhoods. You've got these downtrodden neighborhoods. They're a lot
0: better in shape than they used to be. Uh
1: We're adding Jewish life there. We want to live side by side with anyone who wants to accept Arabs, by the way, who want to live together in the Jewish state with the Jewish people, 100%. But the second you want to drive me out and throw a Molotov cocktail, and you do not accept the Jewish state, there's 21 Arab states or a man, and you can go there. No one needs you here. You want to accept the Jewish state, you stay. And we live in peace. In fact, you ask me, the left wing today in Israel are ideologically bankrupt. They're dinosaurs. The case scenario that I'm talking about are Jews and Arabs, Jews, Muslims, and Christians living together, but under Jewish sovereignty, of course. Right. Has to be under Jewish sovereignty. Right. So it, it's happening Slowly but surely I mentioned a few days ago That we've doubled our presence In our right, village, which is amazing. Which is amazing Almost 70 kids Which is incredible And uh, we do have to I will repeat again We do have to right. restore That bacon asset And the government Will be helping out uh, The shul in Florida Is helping out also uh, Because they're redoing Their bacon asset Ah and so they, a little matching program A little matching project Which is important That's so a great way to you know, help. So look. where are the other shuls right. Where are the other shuls There must be someone Listening to this program And there's hundreds of people Who are connected to various shuls Take on this as a project and we can, maybe an individual wants to do it. I don't really care. So long as you get involved in some format. This should not just be an interview with a guy with a strange accent that doesn't sound like yours, Nahum, and that's <laughs> it. No, I want someone at the end of this to email me at dljerusalem at gmail.com or call me or call the New York office or come on tour, take on a project, do something. Otherwise, this interview, with all due respect, is a waste of time.
0: Understood. Tadarabah, you're amazing and incredible. And I'll still call you a hero whether you like it or no, not. No, 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 Daniel Luria, the email address, dljerusalem at gmail.com. The needs are very simple, uh, whether it's financing for properties, buildings and land, whether it's uh, security cameras, whether it's rooftop playgrounds, whatever the case may be, Daniel Luria can help you, no matter where you are on this globe. Uh, finance these projects and make a tremendous difference in Jerusalem. Daniel Luria is dljerusalem at gmail.com. And, of course, all the information you need, uh, just search Ateret Kahnim. And I thank him for joining us. That was my second conversation last week in Jerusalem with Daniel Luria, executive director of Ateret Kahnim. Uh Any information you need, if you want to support the cause, if you want to get involved in a special project, if you want to fund the purchase of homes, in the um, neighborhood of the Yemenite village and other areas of Jerusalem, be in touch with Atarat Khan in jerusalemchai.org jerusalemchai.org 212-216-9270 Again, the uh, phone number 212-216-9270 org and the website j e r u chai at gmail.com Email, rather. It's an email address chai at gmail.com. And I thank you all for tuning in and listening to this week's edition of JM Rewind here at the Malcolm Siegel Network.
3: Habayin, Ya'kirli, kirli, ya kirli Efraim, im yelet, Im yelet Shashuim. Habayin, habayin, ya kirli, ya kirli Efraim, im yelet, Im yelet I've Yakili, I've i im yele, I've been, I've miele i Ambay nabay ya kili ya kili e frai i imele shashuwi kimi dei dabribon za khairiskel nuoi za khair za khair Ven, a vein, ya kili, ya kirliye frai, i miele shui, kimi deita bri boi, zacho i reskirenu, zacho Zaho, I respire Luoy. Zaho, I respire Luoy. Amen, Yakirli, Yakirli, ye The Holy Spirit is